Black Lives Matter. All Lives Matter. Which one is right? Which one is wrong? This episode is for anybody out there who doesn't understand why we must say Black Lives Matter instead of All Lives Matter, or who thinks that they're not racist and doesn't understand why someone is saying that they are. It's for the person out there that is thinks, okay, racism doesn't exist, or it's not nearly as bad as it seems, or any of those things. And the reason I'm making this is because I used to think that way, I used to believe that way, and it wasn't until somebody came along and like actually showed me, and I actually had experiences that shifted the way that I thought, not somebody yelling at me and telling me that I was a racist. And so I've created this episode as a way to help hopefully shift some people's perspective around why we say black lives matter around why we're like racism is such a big deal. And I just ask, please, 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 please listen to this episode, listen to it in its entirety and like understand what I'm trying to say here, because I'm not here to judge you. I'm not trying to sit here to call you a racist. I'm trying to help open your eyes to help understand maybe a new perspective that you had never considered before, like I hadn't, and it really, really changed my world. It really changed my perspective and understanding of culture and of race and how big this issue is as a whole. So please listen in and let's get started. You are now entering a new paradigm. So here is my issue. I wanted to find the answers to life's biggest questions. Things like, how do I become happy and live with purpose? How do I make more money doing what I love? And what does it mean to be truly successful in all areas of life? My name is Josh Forty, at Josh Forty on Instagram, and I ask life's biggest questions and share the answers with you. My goal is to help you find purpose, happiness, and open your mind to new realms of possibility by helping you think differently about everything you do, know, and understand. On this podcast, we think different, we dream bigger, and we live in a world without limits. This is a new paradigm. Welcome to the Think Different Theory. What is up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Think Different Theory. My name is Josh Forty, and oh man, I have taken my time to make this episode because not only is it just so important, it is so hard to know what to say and to know how to address this because as someone, and we'll dive into this further, but as someone that grew up thinking one thing and understanding one thing and now living in an entirely different world and having an entirely new perception of reality, an entirely new perception of culture and of racism and everything that's going on, I actually understand both sides. And I don't agree. I, I want to be clear, okay? Because I'm so, like, I'm almost afraid to do this episode because I'm afraid of, of people taking stuff out of context, but I will never, ever, ever, ever let fear be the driving reason behind why I do or do not do something. That's ridiculous. I will speak my mind. I will stand up for what I believe in. And so the purpose of this episode here today is to talk about Black Lives Matter and to talk about Black Lives Matter versus All Lives Matter and which one is right, which one is wrong, why one matters, and to have an open, honest conversation and discussion. And if somebody disagrees with me, that's fine. But this is, my goal here is not to convince you or tell you how to think or how to act, okay? Now, I am going to say, don't be a racist, don't be a piece of crap, or like, you know, like, 
obviously racism is terribly and wrong. If you think racism is okay, then yes, I am telling you how to think. Like literally unsubscribe, leave, and, and be no part of my life. I'm serious. But for those of you out there that really don't believe that you're racist, that really don't believe that you have contributed in any way, that really don't understand the outrage that is going on right now, I get it. I understand that because I used to be that way. And my purpose and my goal in this episode is to help maybe maybe shed a light on something different, right? And you can decide whether or not you want to believe that. You can decide whether or not this is right for you. But I, I feel this moral obligation because guys... I can't believe I'm saying this, knowing my background or whatever, but like for the first time in my, in my life, and you guys know my, my stance on Donald Trump and everything, but for the first time in my life, I, I, I second, or the first time in the last three years, I second guess whether or not I would vote for Trump over the issue of racism because I did not at all liked how he handled it at all. And racism is such a big and important issue to me. Like one of my, my best friends and, 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 I'm not doing the cliche of like, I'm not racist because I'm not black, I mean, because I have black friends. That's not what I'm saying at all. But one of my closest friends ever is black. And to see how the president of the United States handled a situation that so deeply affected my best friend or one of my best friends and how he really le- seemingly left a whole community out to dry, like that was a really big issue. That was a really big no-no, all right? So I'm telling you, I'm taking this very, very seriously and I'm sharing you with this with you after very deep thought to help you say, like, listen, like, I understand, I understand both sides better than a lot of people do. I believe, at least a lot of people in my circle seem to, in the in this, the issue that I run in, because I'm just like, oh my gosh. The sides don't seem to talk to each other, and I see both sides because I've lived both sides. And so I want to just take some time to actually dive into this. I'm actually gonna play a clip. So if you're listening on audio, I highly recommend. Mark down the time when the, when the video starts and we'll cut to it um, you know, here in the episode and actually go back and watch the video. You'll hear the audio of it, but I think the video itself has a very powerful representation of systematic racism in everything that is going on here. Um, so just know like to my African-American friends and listeners, I love you. I support you. I am here for you. I don't understand everything. I don't understand what you are going through. But from a white person's perspective and me looking at a lot of my white friends on both sides of the aisle, ones that will only say all lives matter, ones that will only say black lives matter, ones that are the, the, the extremists on both sides, I have grown up in an extreme way one way and I have lived in an extreme way the other way and have friends in that way. And I'm, I'm trying to help bridge the gap in the way that I perceive it and understand. I wanna be clear. I don't have all the answers. I am not going to... In this episode, I'm not going to lay out the answer to racism. That is not the purpose of this. The purpose of this is to educate and provide a new way of thinking. And I'm spending so much time here and and, and driving this point home because I want you to understand that, okay? This is very important. This is very important. We need to understand this. If we ever want to move forward in society, if we ever want to come together and be able to help the other side, if we ever want to be able to understand, we need to educate ourselves. So don't just listen to my podcast. Don't just listen to this episode. Go listen to lots of people. Go listen to people that are black and listen to their perspective, all right? Go listen to people that grew up in a, uh, the hood, in, in, with racism involved. Listen to their stories. Educate yourself. Please do not just listen to me. This is one person's perspective and my way to try to do good in the world and to show you that there's a whole other side of, of racism that you may not be seeing. Because I didn't understand it either, okay? So let's, di- let's dive in because I, I think... 
Hopefully, hopefully I explained that well. Guys, I grew up in a small town. Actually, when I was 11 years old, my parents moved us across the country. I grew up in the suburbs of Los Angeles, but like I was too young to really remember that, right? So going back to a time in my life when I remember, I grew up in a county in Indiana. It was a farm, farm town where there were not a lot of black people. In fact, I remember one time I was at 4-H um, at this uh, air rifle club, right? We, we learned how to shoot, right? And um, one of the guys there was like, yeah, there's only like two black families in the entire county. Now, I don't know if that was true or not, but I say that so that you understand that in a county of tens of thousands of people, Farm County, like black people were not around, okay? So I didn't get to see how people interacted with, with, with people of color. I was told, I was taught, but I did not get to experience it. And this is a huge thing. I was told growing up, and I was taught growing up, that racism was if you treated somebody differently because of the color of their skin. That was what I was told racism was. And that an extreme form of racism was if somebody was killed, like by a police officer, because of the color of their skin. That is what I was told racism was. So in my head growing up, and think about this, I saw nobody but white people, okay? Now, I had like saw some black people out and about, obviously, but I was not friends with these people until I got older. In my church, no black people, okay? Like that's just the, there wasn't a lot of black people around us. We lived in the Midwest, okay? We lived on the farm. And yeah, we would have our black friends come over here and there. We had uh, the, the house we moved into before our farm. There was a black kid that lived on the road and we loved the dude, right? Like he was like one of our, like, you know, when you're 11 years old and you, you have seven brothers and sisters and every, all the, you know, the kids are playing and there's one black dude there and he's the life of the party. I like the thought that, that there was any form of negative connotation towards someone of color was totally out of my, my work, like my realm. Okay. So what I thought of racism, I thought, okay, if somebody is negative towards somebody else, because of the color of their skin, if they treat them differently because of the color of their skin, or if they profile, they make assumptions about someone based on the color of their skin, that was a bad thing, okay? Like, that's what I assumed racism was. That is where it stopped. I had no understanding whatsoever. In fact, this was is actually fascinating. Um, when Obama got elected in 2008, and I don't remember if it was like, I think it, I'm pretty sure that it actually was. It was during that time. Like, I think it was actually during the election, election morning. I was in Ireland with my dad, my grandfather, and my two brothers, or two of my three brothers. Kyle wasn't there. And so that we were there, and I th- I'm pretty sure it was the, the morning of the, or the morning, like, after the election, because, like, the time zone is different. Like, we woke up, and we went to, I don't know, like, there, every, you know, there's bars everywhere. So we just went in to, I don't know, check the paper or do something. I, f- I forget whatever it was. But I remember, like, finding out that Obama had won the election, and that now, you know, he was, you know, the president. And somebody asked me, and I don't remember if it was that day, but it was shortly afterwards. They're like, Josh, well, they didn't know my name because we were in Ireland, but he was like, what is it like to have a black president? And I was like, uh, uh, I don't know, like this, the same, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like I had no, I was like, what do you mean? He's a person, right? Like that's how I grew up thinking about people. Like I did, my parents did an incredible job of teaching me that I don't care if you're black, white, man, woman, gay, straight. Asia, like wherever, it doesn't matter what your race, who you are, like all men are created equal. And that is how I've always, you know, growing up, that is how I always treated people. That's how I always thought of people. So when I would hear people talk about racism, I'm like, 
I don't see that out and about, right? I don't see that happening. I grew up in a primarily white town in farm town, Indiana. And then, I mean, I would travel around in different places, but the places that I would travel to were like Miami, pretty cultural, right? And I, wa- I wasn't in like poor parts of America where racism was really a thing, right? I didn't see it. So like, that is, like that's my experience. And then I, and, and keep in mind, then but even before I left and before I had any form of success, before I had the money to travel or go anywhere, I became friends with who, a guy who to this day is one of my very, very good friends, like top, top three best friends, right? Like that I would just do anything for, right? And he was black. And I remember that one of the, when I first met him, I always associated because whenever I would hang out with people of color, black people, they would say the N word to each other. And it was in this like very endearing environment, right? Like that's what black guys said the N word to each other. Like, yo, you're my homie, right? Like that's what it meant to me. I had like, I didn't understand anything about that. Now, please understand. I'm not making an excuse. I'm not in any way making an excuse. So if you're like, Josh, how dare you? I'm not making an excuse. Hear me out here, okay? Guys, that experience was what I thought, like my life up until 21, 22, 23 years old, whenever it was that I moved away. That was my perception of reality and that is how I thought all black people were treated. That is, what, that, that is literally what I thought reality was, okay? So for me, if somebody was, so it'd be like, let me put this in marketing terms for those of you out there. If I were to go up to you and be like, yo, Facebook ads is marketing. Is that like, is that, is that true statement or not? Well, okay, like Facebook ads is one small, tiny fraction of marketing, okay? I understood the, like that little portion and thought that was racism. Just like some people think Facebook ads is marketing. And it's like, what, what are you talking about? That's like this tiny little, minute little fraction of a massively, massively bigger picture. I didn't know that. And it wasn't until later on in my life that I realized, and, and I think part of the problem today is that, Guys, millions and millions of people are growing up in that same type of environment. Millions of people, particularly white people, are growing up and having this understanding that racism is treating someone differently because of the color of your skin. That's all that racism was. Okay? Whoa. We haven't gotten to what racism actually is here or the effects of racism, I should say. Okay, but you have to understand like that is what I knew and I think a lot of you listening right now and I know a lot of people that I've talked to, that's what they perceive racism as. They're like, I treat everybody equally. I would never treat anybody differently. Therefore, I am not racist. And I don't see the cops doing that. I don't, in my hometown, in my little area that I never leave and never travel to, I don't see anything different. Therefore, it must not be different. Okay, Then I started to travel and then I started to go to big cities and then I started to hang out with more people of color and then I started to listen to their stories and then I got to experience a couple of instances firsthand where there was involvement with the police and there was people of color there and I watched how the people of color interacted with the police or should I say how the police interacted with the people of color versus how the police acted with white people. And these were like very eye-opening moments to me. And I was like, 
what the heck? Wait, that never happened in my hometown. That ne- what? And so when I would go home and someone was like, I'm not ready, that doesn't happen. I'm like, no, 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 no. It absolutely does. And they're like, well, yeah, because that's because the black person did blah, blah, blah. He didn't obey laws. I'm not saying that doesn't happen. I know that it does. But guys, I've seen it with my own eyes. That's not always the case. We've seen countless videos online. That is not always the case. In fact, unfortunately, it's rarely the case. In fact, unfortunately, a lot of times, there's a lot of things that go on, and that's just with the cops. And so then my eyes get open, and I'm like, whoa, maybe racism really is still alive and well. This crazy, right? And so then I start looking, and I'll never forget, and maybe I shouldn't say this on the podcast, but I'm going to. I was with a friend of mine. We were um, at uh, a conference, black guy. I'm sure he, he'd be fine with me saying his name. Yeah, JR. Uh, JR Revis. We've had him on the podcast before. Super good friend of mine, right? He's awesome. He's black. And we were, uh, like, we were at an event together. We were out at a, like, we were driving, like, I don't know, back to our Airbnb or something like that, right? And uh, I had a joint. It's legal, right? Or no, uh, I don't think it was legal for med. I don't know. I, whatever. I had a joint, right? And uh, I, like, just standing out in the parking lot, get out of the car, light up, because I want to smoke some weed, right? And it was a long day. I want to go to sleep. No problem smoking weed, right? Zero problem with, with marijuana. I think it's stupid that it's illegal, right? And he's like, dude, what are you doing? And I'm like, uh, smoking a joint. <laughs> and he's like, what if the cops show up? And like at that moment, I was like, oh, oh yeah, that's the thing. I, I forgot. Like he lives in an entirely different reality. So then now my perception is, okay, racism is how cops treat people differently. Racism is how, you know, when, is a bigger issue than I understood, but that was still such a negative thinking, right? Or not an, a limited per- perception, okay? Of, of what racism really was. Because guys, if you're anything like me, if you're an entrepreneur, okay? You're like, yo, if you just work hard, if you just hustle, if you just are smart with your money, if you just go out and start a business, if you just whatever, no matter how bad it is, no matter how bad you have it, no matter how bad whatever it is, you can go out and create a better life for yourself. I fundamentally believe that is true. However, that statement in and of itself does not null and void the fact that racism exists, okay? That'd be like saying like, oh, well, anybody can go out and become a a professional football player. But if you don't have and a hand, you only have one hand. Have there been one-handed players in the NFL? Yes. But do you know how hard and how difficult, like how exception to the rule you have to be to make it into the NFL if you have one hand? Like, yeah, it's possible. But everything else has to go right. It is way more difficult. And so I started to realize this as I started to travel more and I started to hear more and more people talk about how, even in the entrepreneurship space, how they had been racially profiled or how when they went to go get a loan, they couldn't get a loan. And I was like, what do you mean you can't get a loan? I'm 20, well, I'm 20, at that time, I think I was like 25. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm 25 years old and I'm having loans thrown at me all the time. And they made roughly the same amount of money I did, right? They were in the roughly the same industry and they couldn't go get a loan. And I was like, wait, what? What do you mean you can't go get a loan? Like They're like, no, it's not offered to us. I'm like, oh, why? And they're like, well, because I'm black. And I'm like, there's no way that's the reason. And then I would go look at it and sure enough, case after case after case, when I understood the laws and when I looked into it, I was like, oh my gosh, racism is a, this bigger issue. Now, 
even up until this point, and this is like last year, I start to understand because I travel a lot and because I've been on countless flights and met in different countries and talked to people and, and actually been actually intentional about trying to understand some of these things, I was like, okay, I think I have a pretty good understanding of racism. I didn't. I didn't understand it. Until recently when I actually looked into and started studying. Like, I, guys, I have really looked into and studied racism. Okay? I'm going to link a, in the past, like, month. I'm going to link down below this episode a, a link to a podcast by Joe Rogan that everybody should go watch the first 30 minutes of it. Everybody. Because the, the guy in there explains so much how systematic racism all the way down from, like, from the slavery days is affecting people of color today. And it's incredible, all right? But before I do that, or before you go and do that, I want to play a clip because I really want to dive into this more because I looked around and I tried and I was like, how do I explain in a 20 minute, 30 minute, 40 minute, even an hour long podcast, how racism works? Like that's really, really hard to do. It's really difficult. And so I looked around for different videos and different videos. I'm going to play you a video clip. It's four minutes long. Okay. I need you to watch it because it explains it in a really, really, really good way. And then I want to come back and talk about this. Because when I saw this video, I was like, that, that is what I needed to start as an entry point for me to start going in and looking at different things. And after I watched this video, I went further and further down the rabbit holes of, okay, how did slavery affect things? How does credit affect things? How does where you live affect things? How do the zip codes affect things? How does, like, how does that affect racism as a whole? And this was a really eye-opening moment for me. And so I want to share that video here with you now. So I'm going to cut over to it here. Um, Let me... Hit play on this here for a second, and uh, let's watch. This is oh, wait. Hold on. I don't know if you guys can hear that. Oh, there it is. Yep.
Okay. See? See how eye-opening that video is? Look at that. For every $100 of wealth that a white family has right now, that equals $5.40 that a black family has in America today, on average. Applications come back. And guys, I know we're entrepreneurs, but a large, overwhelming, massive majority of the people in this country still are employed by jobs. So the resumes are getting twice as many callbacks if you are white or have a white-sounding name. Just a, just a white-sounding name. Not even if you're white. Just a white-sounding name or a black-sounding name, okay? This is a really big issue. And so when I started realizing that, I started looking into, okay, well, then why is it that there are some rich black communities and some not? Like, was that, you know, did that come from history? What happens? And when you dive in even further, you start to realize that, oh, okay, well, typically speaking, according to data, people of color and black people that immigrated into America are more well-off and more financially set than people of color that had ancestors that were slaves. Why? Because a lot of times people that immigrated and came to America from other countries brought wealth with them, had a fresh start. Whereas the people that were born and have ancestors that were slaves, it's not like when slavery ended, everyone was just like, oh, everybody's free now. No, people still hated the slaves. People still hated black people. They still robbed them. They still still took, and there's like story after story after story about how even after racism, there were laws that that didn't allow, after slavery was ended, like laws that didn't allow black people to have access to education, didn't have allow people uh, access to financing. And you even saw it in that video. And that came direct, directly from people that own slaves. And so when you start to realize that racism, guys, is has far, far less to do with whether or not you treat someone different based on the color of your skin and that it is a systematic problem and that by ignoring racism, okay? You ever hear the person that says, hey, if you ignore racism, you're the problem, okay? This is what they're talking about. They're not saying, oh, America's worse off because you're not acknowledging racism even if you're not doing anything. They're saying that because you have the power to help bring about change. And when you think about it and you go, okay, and, and I'm gonna use a perfect example of this, okay? I grew up in a farm town. So I didn't see a lot of this. Why? Because my parents didn't have money, right? And a lot of the people that we hang out, hung out with didn't have a lot of money. And I wouldn't say we lived in a poorer neighborhood. I mean, we lived out in the farm on a country in the middle of nowhere. But like, we certainly didn't live in rich neighborhoods. And so then I started going out and hanging out in rich neighborhoods. And I started to see how money worked. And I started to see the benefits of like 18-year-old kids that are being bought brand new cars, and all of their college paid for and all of their phone and insurance and everything paid for. And then they can go out and take risks and then they can go out and save their money and be smart with it. And then on the weekends, they can come back and on their daddy or their mommy's dime, which by the way, there's nothing inherently wrong with this. They're, they're coming back and they're playing golf. They're introduced to their dad's connections. They're introduced to their mom's connections. When black people as a general rule have significantly, significantly less of those opportunities. If you go to a poor neighborhood, guess what it has? Poor schools, bad roads, bad housing, poor financing, higher, like literally like you have those instant paydays on the corner where they're taking 10 or 15% of your paycheck, less less education. I have said this several times and I believe this to be so true that the biggest problem in America today is lack of education. Well, if your schools, which are already terrible to begin with, have the lowest paid teachers, have the lowest amount of of, uh, money being funded to them, and the highest amount of people, 
this is going to be a problem. So does, am I calling you a racist? No, I am not. I am not here to say you're a racist or you're not a racist. But what I am saying is, is that when people say black lives matter, when we're talking about racism, racism is a real thing. It has real consequences. Real people are struggling from this every day in America right now. So turning a blind eye to that simply because you grew up in a society or in a part of the country where that didn't exist like I did, okay, becomes an issue because when you go out there and you say, oh, that doesn't exist, guess what? Your voice now on social media doesn't just travel to your neighbor. It travels to everyone across the globe. It travels to all the people in other cities. And so especially if you're an influencer, if you have, if you have you know, influence over people and sway, that especially. But even if you don't, your posts about, oh, black people just need to grow up or black people just need to do this. Is there an element of that? Probably, but guess what? White people need to do it too. Everybody does, right? And you can say, oh, white people you know, have poor neighborhoods too. There's poor white neighborhoods. Yes, there are. But there are also significantly more rich white neighborhoods than there are rich black neighborhoods. Clearly, just in the amount of dollars that you saw, $100 to $5, okay? So if I was in a poor white neighborhood and I lived there and I went into a rich white neighborhood, I could go door to door knocking on the door and doing sales calls and trying to raise money and I wouldn't get the cops called on me. I wouldn't. But if you're a black kid, and I know lots and lots and lots of stories of this happening, okay? If you're a black kid and you go to a white neighborhood, a rich white neighborhood, you're gonna get the cops called on you. And it happens all the time, okay? By ignoring that, by ignoring the fact that guess what? People in in corporate America are more likely by twice to pick a white person sounding name than a black person sounding name. That is racism, right? I'm not saying it's hate-filled racism. I'm not even saying it's intentional racism. Cognitive bias is a real thing. But when you start to understand that, oh my gosh, black people are growing up in a fundamentally different world as a general rule than white people do. Now, Here's where it gets really interesting and really difficult for people like you and I to accept it, especially if you're a person or a white person like I am, okay? Guys, I grew up without anything handed to me. I didn't go to college. I never let an employer, like, I never really had like a corporate employer job, right? I I had a serving job. Black people can get serving jobs. Even then, not always, but typically speaking, I would say pretty much any black person could get a serving job. Those are the type of jobs that I have. I drove for Uber. They're not discriminating there. Generally speaking, at least hopefully, Maybe they are. You just don't know, okay? But like, I worked my butt off. I didn't take, my, my parents never gave me any money, right? I didn't go to college. I had to pay my way for everything. I have never taken out a loan for anything that I've done, right? Up until very, very recently. And that was after I already had plenty of money in the bank and, and, and credit, right? I never had to do any of those things. I worked, I hustled. But the very fact that I was able to do that and not, have to take every single dollar that I saved and help my parents pay rent and not have to go through and take every dollar that I've earned and like barely be able to put food on the table or help my siblings or pay for my friend to be hop out of jail or pay court fees because I made some dumb mistake and the cop showed up and put me in jail over it. The fact that I had all those opportunities and that you had all those opportunities, you may not believe that they exist, but they do. And when you open your eyes and when you start to go out there and get educated, you start to realize, oh, this is actually a real problem. Oh, this is actually like really happening right now in America. And like, we need to be aware of it. Now, once again, I told you at the beginning, I don't have the solution. 
But I know step one of the solution is becoming aware. Because if you are not aware, you're not going to fix it. And so I would encourage you, go travel. Go take a look at what's actually happening in real life. Go talk to actual black people that have grown up like this. I mean, a still to this day, I'm having a text conversation that has gone back and forth with one of my good black friends. And uh, I asked him, I was like, hey man, I'm really, I told him at first, I said, I'm really, really sorry, dude. I, I didn't realize that this was an issue. And so I asked him, I said, hey, does the Confederate flag offend you? Hey, does this offend you? Hey, do, do you see the cops this way? Hey, what was it like when you tried to go get a job here? Hey, what did you do here? And I started asking these questions and I was like, oh my gosh, here was a guy that I grew up with and I met him, I don't know, I was like 18 or 19, maybe 19 years old, okay? So I maybe didn't grow up with him, but like that I've known for years that we lived in the same city, the same city for three, four years and the way that he viewed and interpreted that entire city and the opportunities that he had in that city were fundamentally different than mine and I never knew that to be the case. And you can make all the excuses in the world and be like, oh, that's not the case. There's an exception. Yes, there's always an exception to the rule, okay? And us as free thinkers, us as people that are gonna go out there and hustle and not let the government and not let somebody else be the, the, the determining factor of our lives, yes, I would agree with you. If you're a black person right now listening and you, like, I'm, I'm not gonna say, oh, woe is you and, you know, you know, you should just go pout in a corner and be like, oh, woe is me. No, if I meet a black person like, Josh, what do I do to change? I say, hey, you gotta take responsibility for your life. You, you can't let these external factors affect you. But guess what? 95% of the world, or at least America, in the black community, doesn't live like that. And 95% of people in the white community don't live like that. Most white people have jobs. Most black people have jobs. Most white people are directly affected by their employer. Most black people are directly affected by their employer. Most white people that like, you know, are affected by whether or not they were able to go to college and have access to student loans. Most black people are able to, are affected by that as well as a general rule. So if as a general rule, white people are here and as a general rule, black people are here, you can say all you want, oh, the exception. And I was that person. I'm not mad at you if you say that, but you have to understand there's always an exception to every rule. I'm an exception to the rule. You're probably an exception to the rule, okay? But we can't say, oh, Hey, as a, we can't say racism doesn't exist because one person or a million people out of 300 million were able to be the exception of a rule. Does that make sense? So now shifting gears to the Black Lives Matter movement, which is where I kind of opened this up about. Black Lives Matter, all lives matter. Should we say one or the other? Does it matter? This is my opinion. I think every, like everybody has to ultimately come to grips with this by themselves. I would, I would start by posing this question. If all lives matter, why don't black lives? Like if all lives matter, why do you have such a problem saying black lives matter? White people aren't being oppressed right now anywhere near the rate that black people are. Not even close. Nobody, nobody could argue that fact. So why do we have such a problem saying Black Lives Matter? For me, when it first started, the reason I had such a problem saying it, and by the way, I say Black Lives Matter now, but I'm going to clarify why I say that now, is because I did not in any way like or support what the Black Lives Matter movement supported. I love the phrase Black Lives Matter. I hate the movement Black Lives Matter because the movement 
does not actually support a lot of the things that I agree with when it comes to how to solve systematic racism. They're donating and raising money and contributing to things that I fundamentally believe are not going to help in any way. It has nothing, I shouldn't say it has nothing because there's always cognitive bias, so there's always gonna be some element in this, but it has very little to do with my moral beliefs or the fact that they're donating to someone that I might not like. And it absolutely, as everything in my life does, has everything to do with the fact that I believe that what they are donating to and the, the uh, solutions that they are proposing are fundamentally flawed and will actually hurt the black community more than they will help it. So I absolutely believe that we need to say Black Lives Matter. But that does not mean we need to support the Black Lives Matter movement. If you have a problem saying Black Lives Matter, I would ask you to check yourself. And I I mean that out of love because guys, you have to understand, I grew up in a society that when I heard Black Lives Matter, my exact response was, no, all lives matter. That was my response. But now that I am educated and now that I have a different view of the world, now that I have a larger perspective, now that I have asked better questions, now that I have a, a different experiences, I realize now that all lives matter is not what needs to be being said, but we need to bring attention to the fact that black lives do matter, that black lives are being oppressed, that racism is alive and well. And by saying all lives matter, you are indirectly, and I, please understand, I know it's not intentional because it wasn't intentional for me. When I said all lives matter, I didn't mean black lives don't matter. I simply was saying all lives matter and I wasn't going and addressing the core issue of what was really going on. If your leg was hurt and bleeding and it was like really, really, really injured and you had a small cut on your arm and you had a small cut on your face and the doctor showed up and was like, where do you need help? Would you say everywhere on my body? Or would you be like, uh, no, we've got this problem here. My leg is literally gushing with blood and is broken. Fix that first because these little scratches are gonna be okay. Or these little scratches we can deal with later, right? Which one did you do? You'd go and you'd be like, no, fix my freaking leg, right? That's, excuse me, that's what specifying Black Lives Matter means. Black Lives Matter does not have to mean blue lives don't matter. It doesn't have to mean all lives don't matter. It doesn't have to be anti-anything. The movement has made it that. But the statement does not mean that. So when you say it, if you, every time you say it, you have to clarify it, fine. But you gotta say it. And I I even struggle to say that because it's like, I'm not trying to tell you what to do, but what I'm saying is like, you can't be saying all lives matter and be anti-black lives matter because by definition, if all lives matter, you'd have no problem saying black lives matter. You see what I'm saying? So my advice to you would be to please go change your perspective. I'm sharing with you stories that I went through and that I, I'm not making excuses for it, guys. I'm not blaming my parents. I'm not blaming the society that I grew up in. I'm not saying they're bad or horrible, awful people, but I'm saying that I now have a responsibility to take the knowledge that I have and take action with it. Okay. Make sense. There was a a quote that my mom often told me and my dad too, growing up that said with great knowledge comes great responsibility. Okay. When you are knowledgeable about something, you have a moral obligation to go out and take action about it. If you've listened to this episode, you now have knowledge to know that racism is a thing. You might not be racist, quote, quote, for those listening on audio, but your, your ignorance, and once again, like I say that out of love, I'm not attacking you. I was ignorant as well. I still am ignorant on a lot of things. I don't understand the full extent of racism, okay? 
But your ignorance, my ignorance on the matter is causing a lot of people to still live with the injustice of racism that happened a a long time ago. And by now being educated on the fact that this is a possibility, even if you don't believe it 100%, you now know that it's a possibility that what I said was true. It is your moral obligation to go out there and research it and do your own research and prove me right or prove me wrong. But I'm so confident that if you just go and do the research, if you actually look at, at history, if you actually look at what is going on, if you actually look at data, you will realize that this is an issue. I, don't go to Fox News. Don't go to CNN, okay? Listen, like, there's a place for those. This is not it. CNN, you're only gonna get left. Fox, you're only gonna get right. Go to data. Go to history. And when you look at this and you start to understand, like, guys, I, I cannot in my life think of a time where I met a black person, like in an actual conversation with someone and was like, oh, I don't like you or I'm prejudging you because you're black. Like that, I didn't grow up that way. I was taught the exact opposite. Case in point, when Obama became president, my response was like, uh, what do you mean what's different? He's a human, right? But what I'm saying is even me, innocent me, even that, the ignorance of what actually went on, I'm still contributing to racism indirectly without knowing it should I be punished for it? No, I don't think so. Like the, the, these people out there, I mean, guys, let's be real. There's extremists in all scenarios. There's extreme Trump supporters. There's extreme Hillary supporters or Biden supporters. There's extreme Black Lives Matter people. There's extreme cops. There's extreme White Lives Matter. There's extreme mm, all lives matter. There's extremes on every area. Let's just ignore those for a second, okay? Like saying Black Lives Matter does not mean that you are the extreme of the extreme and that we all need to bow down and kiss the feet of black people and give away all of our money and go live in poverty so that black people can go and be rich and rule over. Like, that's not what we're talking about here, okay? So like, please just take take your, your biases off for a second, like I had to do. Swallow your pride, like I had to do. And if you don't like my message of this, go listen to somebody else. This has nothing to do with me or me being right. It has everything of of me sharing my moral obligation to say like, we need to help these people. And if we were to all, if America could just be educated on what is actually going on and actually understood the effects of their actions, and even I haven't done a very good job of explaining everything here today, but if we actually understood that and we went, oh, oh, that's happening oh, let's bring attention to that. You know what happens? We bring those things to the forefront of our attention and then people in politics start talking about it. And then people start running on issues that are important to us because they want to tell, politicians want to tell us what we want to hear. So if we ask to hear about how you're going to fix racism, what are they going to do? They're going to start to propose ideas on how they're going to fix racism and inequality. If we start talking about and bringing attention to the fact that, hey, we will not tolerate these things anymore, and that we will speak up when we see them happening, guess what's going to happen? Companies are going to make sure that they're not doing those things anymore. Companies are going to make sure that they're donating to causes to fight this injustice. When we as a nation, as a people, educate ourselves and then use that education and use our voice to speak up about these type of topics, that's when change happens. But if we never do that, then you are holding back change that could be happening. Does that make sense? So you have absolutely no judgment from me if you didn't understand this before. I didn't understand this before. 
I didn't get it. Until really recently, I didn't understand what I do now. Like within the past three months. But when I understood it, I went, okay, I have to take action. I have to use my voice for good. I need to donate to causes that are, that um, su- support change, right? I need to start asking, convers- uh, asking black people questions. I need to understand their side of things. I need to understand what I can do to help. Black people aren't asking, well, as a general rule, black people are not asking for something that's unreasonable. Are there your extreme people? Yes. Do poor, underprivileged, uneducated people typically go and ask for ridiculous things? Yes. But that has far less to do with them being evil people and far more to do with them the fact that they're just uneducated, right? And like, everybody's at a different path in life, guys. I have been entire, like I'm privileged. I haven't even talked about white privilege. I think we, you know, we touched on it here when we explained systematic racism, right? That's what, all of what we talked about here with white people having $100 to the name, that's white privilege. Listen, privilege isn't a bad thing. It's just privilege. Black people, people that are extreme on the left, people that are extreme in this cause want to make you think that white privilege is bad. White privilege is not bad. White privilege is only bad, or I should, not even white privilege. privilege is not bad. Privilege is bad when the people that have privilege could use that privilege to affect positive change for those that are underprivileged and don't. That is when it becomes bad. And most people that have privilege right now are doing little to nothing, literally nothing, to help make the world a better place, especially when it comes to racism. And that is where there's a problem. That is where the change needs to happen and needs to be. Do you understand the difference? Big, big difference there. Okay, down below this podcast, I'm going to link some resources. Please go check them out. The first one I'm going to link is the Joe Rogan podcast. Watch the first 20 minutes of it. It's amazing. It will just, yeah, it, it, it totally reshaped my mind in a much better way than I did here. I'll also link a link to the video that I played today. So if you want to go check that out, I'll link that. And uh, I just want to encourage you to start this conversation. Now is the time for change. There's a lot changing in the world. The world will never, ever, 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 ever be the same. Think long and hard before you vote. I'm not saying, I'm not telling you to vote for, I'm not telling you to vote for Trump or not to vote for Trump or to vote for Biden or not to vote for Biden. That is between you and God and your conscience and what you think is right and wrong. But put thought into it and please take racism into account. Okay? I'm not saying Trump is a racist. I'm not saying Biden's racist. I'm not taking a political side here. I'm simply saying, please think about it because it is a very, 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 very important issue much bigger than almost every other issue out there right now, okay? Now, to end on a positive note, because I don't like to end on a negative note, the internet has done wonderful things. And one of the things that the internet has done has leveled the playing field, has given black people more access to options for different things, has allowed us to have our voice heard, has allowed us to to connect with other people. Buy from black businesses. I'm not saying that if you, like, have a product that's perfect for you to not buy that and then deliberately go and buy a, a less quality product simply because it's from a black person. But what I'm saying is, is, hey, if you see a black store and there's something in there that, that you could benefit from, go in there and buy it, right? If you're gonna buy it anyway, right? You don't have to take radical change to make a change. I encourage you to take radical change. But some form of change is better than no change. 
And for those of you that are willing and able to take radical change, do it. If you're able to donate to charities that support uh, systematic racism, uh, or I'm sorry, the end of systematic racism, do that, okay? But we need to go out there and use the tools that we have. And if you're a person of color, know that your color of your skin does not need to determine how you end up in life. Because of the internet, you have a way out now. Because of the opportunities that the internet brings, you have a way out now. There is no excuse. I am not saying that it's not going to be harder. I am not saying that it's going to be easy. I'm here to support you. I think a lot of people are here to support you. And I think as time goes on, hopefully more and more people will be here to support you. But you do need to do the work. The same way white people need to do the work. I don't treat you any differently. I don't, I don't treat black people any different than I treat white people. I give them you know, like access to the same resources. I think it works the same. But I do understand that you're living in a different reality than I am. And I do understand that you are living in a different reality than most white people are. So please understand that like I get that and I'm doing my part to try to educate more white people and just people in general of the struggles that the black community faces. I really hope this was beneficial, guys. I really hope this began to set, shed some light on what's going on and how your lack of action and how, how simply by like being part of the system, you're contributing to, indirectly, I understand, without realizing, I understand, the keeping things the way that they are. And the way things are, are, ant, are uh, allow racism to exist. So we need to change the way things are, which means that we need to change our actions. And we all can play a part in that and we all have the ability to go out and take action now, okay? Do your research, get informed, talk to black people, support them where you can, let your voice be heard. And like, if you are a racist and you, or, or, or you somehow think because of the color of somebody's skin that you are better than them or worse than them or something, like you're, actually just need to just stop like you actually are terrible human being and i don't say that lightly you can change but i want to make it very 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 clear i do not support anything that you do and if i find out ever that any one of my customers or any one of my clients is racist like purposefully racist like actually believes that we will not, no longer serve them. And you can call me whatever you want to call me for that. That is just not acceptable. It's just not, okay? And that's a choice that we've made once this all started, okay? African-American people, my community, anybody listening out there, we love you. We support you. We're here for you. We're doing our part. If you have any suggestions, any ideas of how we can do this better, please let us know. We want to support you in any way we can. White people, do your part. Let your voice be heard. Take one action today that's going to make a positive change. Guys, as always, Hustle, hustle, God bless. Do not be afraid to think different, act different, educate different, see things different so that we can go out and change the world and actually make it better. I love you all and I will see you on the next podcast episode. Take it easy, fam. Peace. You've been listening to the Think Different Theory with myself, Josh Forty, which I like to call a new paradigm of thinking. And real quick, I got a question for you. Did you like this episode? If you did, I want to ask a huge favor. See, the biggest thing that helps this podcast grow and that will spread this message of positivity and making the world a better place is if you leave a review, a rating, and subscribe to the podcast. What that does is it basically tells the platforms that this is out on that you like my stuff and that I'm doing something right. 
So if you could take like three seconds out of your day and subscribe, leave a rating and a review, I would be forever grateful for you. Also, I want to hear from you. I want to know your feedback, your ideas, and your questions for future episodes. So be sure to hit me up on Instagram in the DM at Josh Forty or via email contact at thinkdifferenttheory.com.